Welcome to Forget Oil Podcast. Something incredible is happening. Electric vehicles are reaching price parity with conventional vehicles. Almost all parking lots, which are public, must install a charger in four or five years and automotive manufacturers have very big penalties to pay if they don't produce and sell electric vehicles. All that to support a very reasonable goal of reaching a carbon neutrality. In this podcast, I talk to some of the greatest minds who have decided to work to support the cause and build successful businesses in the process. Today I talk to Carlis Mentions. He's one of the biggest opinion leaders in Baltics and among other projects is also the CEO of Helaport in Latvia. We're going to learn how he has built his businesses on one of the biggest mega trends of this decade. So I hope you enjoy. Today I'm here with Carlis Mengins. I call him the king of Latvia when it comes to electric vehicles. He's the CEO of Elaport in Latvia. He has uh, one of the oldest blogs and websites for electric vehicles. You have your own side gig of where you do electric vehicle charging from the lampposts. You have had had a quite a big impact when it comes to electric vehicles in Latvia. I also heard that you, you've also contributed for the government, like when they are making plans for the future, and you've contributed to that Minister of Transport. Uh, you've talked to them. Yeah, you've done some fun stuff uh, with electric vehicles. We will talk about them later, like this 1,000 kilometer challenge. And So just to start off, tell me, how did you end up in an electric vehicle business? I would say that I jumped into it head first. <laughs> the thing is, I was studying electrical engineering. By the time Tesla was picking up some news, uh, it was 2012 I first heard about them. Some people are just now hearing about Tesla. But uh, yeah, since I was studying electrical engineering tesla was all the rage there was and at first yeah we all were like yeah it's gonna be our second third maybe fifth car doesn't matter really much then i moved back to latvia started working as an electrical engineer and in the meantime i followed such news sites as engadget Mm-hmm. And they more often started to introduce articles about electric cars. So I realized that not only Tesla, but others are making electric cars and they drive not only 200 kilometers, but 300, 400 kilometers. It's gaining and the technology is already there. It's just a matter of the price. Mm-hmm. But I left it in, in the background still. Suddenly I was just browsing this uh, portal where people sell their stuff and uh, one was selling an, an electric car for a somewhat affordable price. And uh, I sent this particular to my wife as in a joke, haha, we can afford this. And she replied, let's buy it. So it was something uh, incredibly sexy then, right? Yeah, it, it was egg-shaped on a wheel. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's a Citroën C0. I'm still driving it. It's four and a half years now. So I bought this electric car. Well, I knew it. I researched it. I knew that it doesn't drive those 150 kilometers, which were on the paper. I knew it's mm-hmm. more closer to the 100 kilometers. And there are problems in the winter. But overall, I saw that my countryside is uh, 75 kilometers. So 
Mm-hmm. I should be good with it. And the biggest problem was the charging infrastructure at the moment. But in any case, it was nearby my place where I lived, yeah. so I did, didn't really bother about it. Then later on, I developed my EV blog. So let me get this right. You started to hear about electric vehicles. You understood that they're completely not sexy, at least the one that you bought. And there's not so many electric vehicles at all. And then you thought that, yeah, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to do <laughs> my uh, career in that. That wasn't like my career past choice. Uh-huh. At the moment, uh, at that time, I was really into getting an EV because I knew the environmental benefits of it. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a car at all, so I didn't have to come from, oh, I can drive with one fill up a thousand kilometers. No, yeah. I was like cycling and every every mile from me was like my effort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, I lived in the city centers and, and uh, the parking was for free and mm-hmm. still is in Riga. So there were quite some benefits to, to gain mm-hmm. actually having this car. And well, we had uh, children, so it made easier travel with car than without. Uh, car. Just because of the parking incentive. Well, that was the main benefit, mm-hmm. yes. Otherwise, uh, the car was just a total loss in economic sense yeah it makes sense you you live in Riga and in Tallinn we only have uh, like one like circle close to the city center but not the city center itself that is free for electric vehicles but but I can see that many people really love the free parking there and and I, I believe the point is there I mean you want electric vehicles to be inside of the city because that's, this is where the most most of the pollution is and you want mm-hmm. uh, cleaner vehicles uh, to have a upper hand in there indeed and, yeah another cool topic that I figured that maybe it would be cool to talk to you about is that uh, you mentioned that your car was like an egg shaped uh, something <laughs> something and, uh, and you can reflect back on what you think about this and then but it kind of makes sense why electric vehicles uh, at, at least at the early years were so ugly and the reason was that um, like with every new technology that comes to the market there is gonna be a lot of recalls and a lot of technical problems so it, it actually makes a lot of sense for a car manufacturer to make an ugly car so people wouldn't buy them too much uh, so they could test they, they still want to buy some uh, they want to still sell some units so they can mm-hmm. test the platform and everything but uh, they don't want to sell them like 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 hundreds of thousands otherwise their expenses are going to go up like I would not call it unsexy like any of the electric vehicles even Nissan Leaf they were not unsexy they were just not the desired function mm-hmm. when you look at it straight up it's an okay car like mm-hmm. it's there's nothing like ooh that muscle over there ooh mm-hmm. those lands no it's just uh, a box on wheels <laughs> yeah okay it then, gets you from point a to point b you know? yeah th- this okay. was just a carriage mm-hmm. it was not like a whistleblower or something yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, sometimes i hear uh, like an objection of why people don't get an electric vehicle recently. like the fact that an average electric vehicle is about 40 percent more expensive than the uh, equivalent uh petrol or diesel vehicle so i don't know skoda Enyaq, you can buy it for, for thirty-five thousand. It's just like an okay car, but with 35,000, if you would want, you could even buy like a Ford Mustang or something like that, like a uh, like a lower version of that. So Yeah, no, no, that's true, that's true. And uh, currently what I'm seeing is that it's actually demand's problem, because there's bigger demand than there's supply. Mm-hmm. So they just raise the price, and you can see it in the second-hand market as well. Those cars don't, don't have the real value of 10,000 euros, mm-hmm. you know, like... In comparison, they should be like 5,000, maybe 4,000 euros. But uh, yeah, 
the demand is there, supply is not there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there are huge uh, hiccups in uh, supply and demand. Like I just talked to the Skoda and the dealership in Estonia, they said that it's, it's there's a big, uh, big problem with like chips, just getting the chips for electric vehicles as well, as well. Yeah. And uh, just last week there was this uh, Renault presentation. Uh, how yeah. is it called? Eves Electropop. Yeah. And uh, they said that their price uh, for the batteries. Well, they didn't say exactly the number, but on the slide it was there uh, that it is $170 per kilowatt hour at back level. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you, Renault, you are one of the pioneers and you have such a high price when I know that Volkswagen and Tesla have below 100. Mm -hmm. So there's something that at least Renault doesn't want to do. Mm -hmm. They don't want to negotiate their contracts in better terms or whatnot. Uh, So there's this other aspect as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would call you like the most knowledgeable person in Latvia when it comes to electrical vehicles. Of course, there are some people who are like very specific, uh, like no specific knowledge about like batteries and everything like that. But you know like the most about it. But how do you feel that within these three years, how how you have been able to c- contribute to the local ecosystem that the electric vehicles could become like more mainstream? Have I? How I have done it? Yes, I know a little bit that you have helped the government a bit, at least. Yeah, well, uh-huh. the main I think is my blog, well, mm-hmm. EV news site, it's usladats.lv, and uh, I try to post uh, one new article every day, well, every workday, mm-hmm. and uh, just the negative comments I've received over these years, uh, they could be put as a one big journal of what do people think of electric vehicles and why are they not really true in the beginning? Like, okay, I had like 300 visitors per month, uh, so it wasn't a big deal. But now mm-hmm. that I reach 300 visitors per day, then I have some kind of a reach and people are like, oh, this guy knows something. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, because I based my articles on not on emotions, but on real life facts Mm -hmm. i believe that people gain trust as soon as they dig well somewhat deeper than the title into the art Mm -hmm. and that's uh, i think has helped a lot of people to change their minds or at least uh, ensure them that what the mainstream media is telling is not true Mm -hmm. because why i started actually this blog was in despite of the mainstream media, what they what they had the information on EVs was actually very little, and most of it was lies, mm-hmm. either knowingly or unknowingly. But they were like selling lies, mm-hmm. like uh, EVs uh, drive only hundred kilometers and they charge for eight hours, stuff like that, uh, or twenty four hours. They they said like. Okay, Nissan Leaf drives 100 kilometers. That was back in 2015, 2014. And Tesla charges 24 hours. And then you're like, those are totally different cars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the Tesla charging from 24 hours, that's from the household socket. Yes. Not from a dedicated charging station or a fast charger or rapid charger. Like, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so I basically well started this in spite of <laughs> instead okay. of like having oh yeah now i'm gonna make an ev blog then i'm gonna make some money and then yeah. i'm gonna develop my business uh, well no <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> this was not a business plan yeah and now you partnered up with teleport helping us to, to build uh, the charging network uh, for, throughout the baltics in taking care of the latvian part so yeah um who, who would have known that you this blog no, ends, ends up in in you being the ceo of latvia here for teleport at least i also know that you do like quarterly reports. Uh, w- what are these reports about? 
Well, basically, every quarter, our road administration publishes their statistics about the registered cars. Mm -hmm. And uh, I go through it to analyze what's the EV growth. Uh, and then I see like, oh, wow, three new buses registered. Good to know. 100 new mopeds registered. Good. 200 new EVs. Okay, good. And what's the reflection on the historical data and trying to make some sort of prognosis uh, about the future? Mm -hmm. Till now, the exponential growth has been actually in the negative side. Mm. It, it has developed faster than exponential growth is predicting. Okay. Uh, at least putting it on Excel and then like, okay, exponential growth, click. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so basically the prognosis for 2025, two years ago was like, there's going to be 4,000 cars in 25 in uh, Latvia. Now it's more like 8,000 cars. Mm -hmm. And it's been two years just passing. Mm -hmm. And that's why I have high hopes about Latvia, at least for EV growth. There's still so much room to improve. And this quarter, which just now finished, uh, I think it's one of the best because uh, Latvia was host of ice hockey championship. And Skoda is the main sponsor. And we received like 70 Skoda Enyaks in Latvia. And that was like one month. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have this one uh, Twitter bot, which uh, checks uh, every new EV registry. And it was like pinging all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If, if a day passed without the Škoda Enyaq uh, registration, I was surprised. Okay. I thought, okay, it's Sunday. Oh, okay. No registration right. today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, just a fun fact. Did you know that Porsche Taycan uh, was, uh, at one point, it was the most sold electric vehicle in Estonia? Like per, in per month. Uh, I believe in Latvia, it's actually the most sold electric car between individuals. Oh, really? Okay. Just because we have this uh, representative uh, barrier over which it doesn't matter if you buy it as a private person or as a business. Mm -hmm. And uh, you buy it as a business, then there's extra taxes. Uh, but uh, if if it's below this price, it makes sense to buy it as a business. There are some uh, VAT reductions, etc., mm -hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. But above it, it becomes more economical to buy it as an individual. Okay. So our in our market, Porsche Taycan was the most popular EV for private persons from the new registrations. Mm. And we were talking about a car that costs like 130,000, 170,000 yeah, euros. You can like easily scale it up to 200,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk about the, where, where the business is going. Like, where do you think uh, the business is going here in Latvia at least? Or in Europe in general? Well, as we know, the EVs are just beginning to gain popularity, so mm -hmm. it's just going up. The main, uh, the main idea is at which point the big names are gonna start to play this game. Mm -hmm. Currently, they're still like uh, in economics, we have these blue water, red water terminology. Yes, and currently it's very blue water. Mm -hmm. so, some some red blooders are currently starting to spill in Germany, in British islands uh, and whatnot, but uh, at least in Baltics, it's totally blue water. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. while well, we have to wait and see to which point the Circle K is going to be like, no, we're yeah. going to take the whole market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because this podcast is uh, is mostly for entrepreneurs in uh, in green tech or electric vehicle uh, realm. Or uh, or just people who want to make a good career in that. So, 
what would be you like your suggestions for these people like where is like a good to invest time and and uh, perhaps knowledge and money in well if you don't want to invest your time in like developing your own uh, business or what whatnot just look for some ipos to invest in uh, for example uh, the classic is Tesla, but now it's already steady, I would say, at mm-hmm. 700 uh, per share. But there are big ones as well, uh, like uh, like 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 these uh, GE Electric. Uh, they, they are big ones in, in their game, but still haven't fully grasped, grasped the EV market. They are currently developing more into wind and storage. Uh, but if you want to develop your own business, I would uh, start to look into something uh, as in developing uh, technology or maybe even better apps, uh, some some sort of uh, user experience uh, oriented mm-hmm. products or uh, or services. Because currently we're still dealing with some of these uh, first generation problems, and there's still room for improvement. And we see that a lot of these uh, startups, uh, at least uh, globally speaking, are being swallowed by the giants just mm-hmm. because of the future promises. Yeah. So if you have a good idea on how to improve the current existing uh, infrastructure or some sort of other problem, now is the big time. Now is the big time to do it. Later on, uh, there's going to be less and less opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. As I said previously, it's blue water currently. Currently, yes, but we can we can already see how more and more big companies are uh, also trying to get a foothold. Like um, we talked about that, you mentioned like the Ionity coming to the Baltic states, yes, building their uh, um, hyper fast chargers. And we should mention that the Ionity is actually established by Volkswagen, Mercedes, and other car manufacturers, and uh, car manufacturers are now reorienting themselves not only as uh, car manufacturers but uh, as a whole mobility solution itself mm-hmm. like beforehand how how do you produce the energy for the cars it's oil and mm-hmm. oil is for several companies like uh, three big ones and then the smaller ones uh, but now electricity is something everyone can sell mm-hmm. And here's a good change of plans. <laughs> like when you sell the car, you as well in the future will sell the energy for it mm-hmm. or retrieve it and uh, just apply the service. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, here's a big potential as well as to help these big ones to transition to this new era of mobility because. We know that at some point, definitely in this century, there's going to be self-driving cars and they will need some sort of way to charge. Either it's wirelessly, either it's automatic charging ports or whatnot. The solution needs to be there or at least on the paper. Mm-hmm. Yes, and another thing is that uh, with the autonomous vehicles is that they, they consume about uh, in an hour about uh, two kilowatt hours. And that is a lot of power that can be like, uh, I don't know, 6% of the, co- if you drive from A to B, it can be 6% of your 
total power consumption. So if we talk about investing, then the chip manufacturers also, or like NVIDIA, who uh, who manufactures the graphic uh, processing units, yeah. uh, GPUs, then they can also benefit like massively from uh, from electric vehicles when they turn to autonomous. Of course, and uh, as we saw now is the big microchip shortage. Mm-hmm. But uh, what people don't usually know, there's an alternative to microchips. It's micro switches. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, of course, you have to rewrite some programs, but uh, it does the same thing. It's, it's uh, maybe mm-hmm. a bigger footprint uh, overall, but uh, if you have a microchip shortage, you have an alternative. And that's what Tesla did. They, mm-hmm. uh, they saw that, oh, we are affected by the microchips as well. Okay, what do we do? Oh, there's micro switches. Let's mm-hmm. switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And that's why they only had a two-week uh, downtown on time. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so they're now back in business and had one of the most successful quarters in the history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pr- pretty crazy to think that uh, the top, the like, third largest company in the world is producing electric vehicles. Only, yeah. So, and the most valuable car company. Yeah, yeah. I talk about like the size. I talk about the company value. So yeah. Mm. But uh, at the same time, yeah, there's legacy car manufacturers Ford, Volkswagen, who is, um, in 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 my opinion, since they have this massive production capabilities and already facilities ready, then I believe whenever they decide to switch fully to electric, then they're going to sell a ton of electric vehicles as well. Well, it depends on the market. Definitely Europe. Like, uh, mm-hmm. that's that's for sure. But in China, it's not been so rosy for them. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, last quarter, the Volkswagen ID4 in total sold like 4,000 or 5,000 units. Mm-hmm. But their capacity is 35,000 okay. at, at the current moment. And they can scale it up 10 times. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Chinese market is like, why? Why should we pay for Volkswagen? Why? Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we can uh, we can pay for Neo, for Xiaopeng, for other locals, yeah. or even Tesla, which produces locally everything. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard. Uh, it's hard for the legacy automakers to gain momentum in China. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And of course, Japan is uh, mostly just Japan automakers. Yeah. All right. Yes, actually, one one like let's call it fun fact. Uh, fun fact: millions of people losing job. So, if overnight uh, the the car, European car manufacturers were were to switch to producing electric vehicles, then about from eleven million people who who manufacture the vehicles and their components, about a third of them will lose their job. Just because, for example, producing the gearbox requires a lot of man hours. And the electric vehicle doesn't have the gearbox, except uh, Porsche Taycan, which has a simple gearbox. It has two two gears. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, then yeah. and also uh, when I talked to uh, the Skoda um, uh, dealership in in Estonia, one of the like the, the top guys said that the, if I, I, like his quote, I don't know what I'm gonna do when electric vehicles are coming because I have this massive workshop and I just need to close it down if this if electric vehicles were to come, no oil changes, no like engine fixes. Well, yes and no. Like not all works have been eliminated. Like mm-hmm. we have still the chassis. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the cars will still be driven badly while, yeah. while the people are at the wheel. There will be crashes and uh, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe not like uh, I would not dramatize that the two thirds will lose the jobs. It's just gonna be like, uh, and it's not gonna be over one day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's gonna be slowly, slowly while we getting there. Uh, maybe some of the big ones will close, but I believe there's still room for the small ones, especially those who adapt early. And I have a friend. Uh, who's right outside uh, Riga and he's been with EVs uh, like since they appeared like he had one of the first uh, Renault Fluence mm-hmm. ZE and he imported it from the United States it was 2010 11 some, somewhere around that time like um, Nissan Leaf wasn't even there yet mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> and uh, he he owns a workshop as well and now every other EV guy who has some sort of problem, which is not anymore under the warranty, he just goes there, mm-hmm. like uh, comes to him because he's he has the best attitude I've seen from uh, from a workshop guy. Okay. And he, if you let him speak, he'll speak nonstop about EVs. All right. <laughs> as far as I know, he's done as big of a job as me uh, as converting people to electric vehicles. Mm-hmm. Nice. And he doesn't have a website. Okay. All right. He just works in a workshop, right? Yeah. <laughs> just a regular dude. Okay. Yeah, there are, there are many electric vehicle enthusiasts out there. I I consider myself as one as well. Let's let's talk about the... This is really interesting for me. Let's talk about your, your, your one of the side projects that you're running, like the street post charging business. Yes. Uh, what's that? It started uh, with the hackathon uh, earlier this April, I think it was. Uh, basically, I had this idea that, uh, well, lampos have the electricity, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, they're mostly not used. At the same time, their location is quite perfect. Usually, when you have a parking spot, you have a lantern. Mm-hmm. So, electricity, parking spot, why not charge? <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, it might be not the fast charge, but uh, still, if you're at home, probably your car is standing for 10 hours. In mm-hmm. 10 hours, with 2 kilowatt charging, you can get 20 kilowatt hours, which should be enough for, even for the most aggressive drivers to drive 100 kilometers. Mm-hmm. In a day, the typical Latvian drives 35 kilometers. Mm-hmm. So that's good for three days in one night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so... I just wrote, well, the app- application for the hackathon was quite easy. You just write your idea's title and a short description of it. And either they accept it or don't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, let's, let's try it out. Like, I know that this idea has been tested in the United Kingdom, uh, tried in the, the Netherlands, but I haven't seen it in, in action, actually. So why not? Hmm. Why not here in Latvia? And uh, yeah, they accepted my idea. I gathered a team. Well, not me personally, just people could apply to work on this idea. And I gathered two more uh, engineers. And uh, yeah, we actually won the third place in the hackathon, which was quite surprising for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, when I saw our competitors, I was like, yeah, we, we might be the fifth or sixth, maybe even tenth. 
Okay. And then like, okay, third place, yeah, nice. Mm. <laughs> and then they invited us uh, further into the incubator. And uh, now we're developing this idea as a pilot project in Riga. Mm -hmm. And municipality is one of our partners. And we hope to have a running, uh, up and running station by September, or the latest October. Mm. Yes, sounds good. Because I, I do know about the Tallinn is that... Um, uh, like the the board member of uh, Estonian Energy, uh, he he got asked like, what would happen if everybody will start to have electric vehicles and like, what's gonna happen with the grid? And one thing he mentioned there was that, uh, um, assuming that we we change all the old uh, light bulbs in the lampposts to uh, to more efficient uh, LED uh, mm -hmm. uh, lamps, then then the whole grid could support the, the electric vehicles like easily. Yeah, the thing is why people ask this because they don't really understand how the charging uh, is happening. How they imagine is that everybody comes home at seven o'clock or six o'clock mm -hmm. and plugs the car in. But that's not the case. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. People will see like, oh, I have 400 kilometers left and like, I'm not gonna charge. Yeah. Like for me personally, my car drives a hundred kilometers in a good day. I, I mm -hmm. charge my car when it shows minus three kilometers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, is it possible to show like, minus three kilometers? No, it, it just okay. shows uh, dashes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have one kilometer, zero kilometers, then dashes, okay. and then then I start to look for a charging place. Mm -hmm. uh, I I know it's not the best for the battery health, but uh, I checked it and uh, my battery is as good as new and mm -hmm. I don't feel it in my driving range that something has been reduced, mm -hmm. so I keep on doing that. <laughs> okay, right. And, and I know that uh, when the dashes appear, it's uh, like 10% on the SOC, mm -hmm. but uh, in reality it's actually a bit more, like 15, maybe 20. So when it's fully, fully switched off, then there's 10% left in the battery. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I can drive it till the very last electron that it allows, but still doesn't, it will not damage my car. Mm -hmm. All right. Makes sense. So uh, I believe we, we got pretty good topics covered. Uh, anything else you would like to add to the end? Well, uh, I have a quite unique experience myself as I'm living in a multi-apartment building without my private parking. So I'm driving a car that can drive only 100 kilometers per charge and uh, I'm relying on public infrastructure and it's my only car. The other vehicles I have in my household are bicycles Yeah, and, uh, and it's doable and I'm doing it for already four and a half years. And, uh, yeah, of course. When everybody will switch to EVs, uh, there's, there's, there will need to be different solutions. But I'm just saying that it's possible today. Mm -hmm. it, it's possible with either the worst case scenario, which is my case. Yeah, <laughs> it is possible. You just have to do a bit of research and. Uh, Okay, maybe not in like 5% of the cases it might not work, but I would say that 95% are good, mm -hmm. good already. Especially if you worry about, yeah, but how I'm going to go from one end of the country to the other end of the country if there are no charging stations? Well, mm -hmm. 
probably you haven't seen those charging stations because they're just small white boxes yes. <laughs> in in some random places. Yeah, but, even uh, if they were to be orange, you would still see them. It's like mailboxes. Like I don't see mailboxes unless I'm looking for one. Yeah, or garbage, yeah. Uh, yeah. those trash cans. Yes. Uh, you just have to like look up the charging map. Uh, I usually use PlugShare uh, mm-hmm. because it has most up to date from all the networks. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I I've seen that how Baltics is covered. It's crazy. It's crazy good coverage. Uh, what I am not fully satisfied. Uh, and that's one of the things I want to improve while being at uh, Eloport's uh, Latvia CEO is to have these uh, slow chargers, uh, to have mm-hmm. more available of them because uh, traveling, it's easy in Latvia. Have every 30 kilometers a fast charging station, but having an overnight charge or charge while work or charge while you're at the cinema or shopping, uh, well, why are you doing something for a longer period of time? It's not so convenient in Latvia. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I want to improve. And what else? Um, yeah, if people want to know like how how actually I got into this business is just a bunch of coincidences. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, really, a lot of them, uh, but. I think it's all because uh, I I kept my mind open mm-hmm. and uh, I allowed the opportunities and the failures to happen to me, not worrying what my mother is gonna say about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I believe that um, we will have a lot of um, vacancies for electric vehicle related related jobs in the future. Uh, even I've noticed some universities already have electric vehicle related um uh courses yeah so i know in latvia at least uh, one of the universities is actually doing bachelors uh, in in this field Mm -hmm. Uh, our main technical university is still thinking on how to approach this subject Mm -hmm. uh, but the one in uh, lepaya already offers a bachelor's degree Mm -hmm. right very similar to estonia too although i cannot remember where was the university and which one it was. All right, uh, let's wrap it up. Uh, thanks very much, Carlos, for uh, for contributing to this podcast. And, well, thank you for the invite. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was fun, and I'm really looking forward to working together on the Red Port and making big things happen. All right, take care.